Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. I'm Sarah Fenton, filling in for Wayne Pratt. Ahead, thousands of farm workers have contracted COVID-19 in more than a dozen states. Some say the lack of a coordinated federal response is putting workers at risk. We don't want interruptions in our food supply. And so that means we're sacrificing individuals that are doing that work. We'll hear how medical clinics are stepping up to get farm workers tested. But first, these headlines. New research shows the pandemic has driven a record number of families into food insecurity. Black and Hispanic families have been disproportionately affected, with 40% of Black families reporting they're struggling to afford food and 36% of Hispanic families. Diana Whitmore-Schazenbach directs Northwestern University's Institute for Policy Research. She says the data reveals the depths of the recession we're facing. This is something that we would predict based on um, the increase in unemployment, the um, loss of free and reduced price school meals that kids usually have access to. Like, we think we can explain why this has happened. She also says, historically, there have been racial disparities among food insecure families, but these numbers are shocking. According to Shazenbach, the, da- the data reveals the need for more robust federally funded food assistance programs, such as food stamps. 23 employees at the Wentzville General Motors plant have tested positive for COVID-19. UAW local 2250 President Glenn Kaji said on Saturday the company confirmed the cases, as well as a plan to temporarily lay off a significant number of employees at the plant. Kaji says it could be around 1,200 people. He says he plans to meet with company officials early this week to learn when the layoffs will take place and how many employees will be affected. National forests, including Missouri's Mark Twain National Forest, saw big crowds over the 4th of July holiday weekend. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports the forests are proving to be a popular destination for leisure activities while coronavirus concerns remain. National Forest offices are still closed because of coronavirus, but the campgrounds, bathrooms, and all other facilities have been open for a few weeks. Chris Woods is a recreation officer at Mark Twain National Forest in the Ozarks, He says campgrounds and parking lots have been full. We're having a lot of first-time visitors to these rec areas, or we're having some folks that uh, perhaps they haven't been to that particular campground in a decade or two even. I'm seeing a real reconnection to those rec areas, to the land. Wood says even when the forest is crowded, it's still very easy to maintain social distancing and use all of the public facilities. Woods hopes new visitors will learn forest etiquette and consider joining volunteer groups that help protect the environment. In Rala, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. Authorities say seven people were arrested and two officers were injured Sunday as police worked to clear out a crowd of protesters who had camped outside St. Louis City Hall to call for the resignation of Mayor Lyda Krusen. Sunday's arrests came during police's second effort to remove protesters from the area. Officers first cleared the protesters who have gathered outside City Hall on and off since Wednesday on Friday morning. A group of about 150 protesters returned to the area by Friday night. St. Louis Police Detective Ryan Persich said the arrest came after protesters knocked down metal barricades officers had put up around City Hall on Sunday.
The U.S. relies on more than two million seasonal farm workers to cultivate and harvest crops. In the Midwest, workers are now heading out into the fields amid concerns about COVID-19 outbreaks. Side Effects Public Media's Christine Herman reports on efforts to keep them safe. Maricel Mendoza grew up in a family that traveled from Texas to Illinois every year for her parents' jobs as contractors with a large seed company. My parents' siblings were migrants. My grandparents were migrants. So it was just something that was the norm for me. As a teen, she spent several summers out in the fields herself detasseling corn. That meant yanking off the pollen-producing top portion of plants to promote crossbreeding with nearby varieties, creating hybrid seed corn. It's long days. You know, your bus is leaving before the sun comes up. You're working in the rain, you're working in mud, you're working with bugs. Today, Mendoza directs a small clinic in central Illinois that provides medical services to the hundreds of farm workers that arrive here each summer and fall, mostly from southern U.S. states and Mexico. This year, the clinic is working with companies and health departments to test everyone for COVID-19. The goal is to clamp down on cases before they spread. Lately, they've been traveling the state, setting up outdoor mobile clinics under tents. Mendoza says she thought workers might be hesitant to get tested, since a positive result would mean missing out on work. But, you know, every COVID testing we've site we've set up that I've been at, you've seen people willingly come and line up and wanting to get the test done. And, you know, they have questions and they're wearing their masks. Mendoza's clinic is part of the Community Health Partnership of Illinois. It's one of many federally funded health clinics whose work is critical now, says Sylvia Partida. When the pandemic first started and we were just beginning to hear about the impact on farm workers, we knew it was coming. You know, you just knew that it was going to get worse and worse and worse. Partida is CEO of the National Center for Farmworker Health, based in Texas. Many patients at the migrant clinics they support across the U.S. live below the federal poverty line and lack health insurance. The vast majority are Hispanic or Latino, populations that have been disproportionately hurt by COVID-19. She says no one is systematically tracking COVID-19 cases among farm workers, but her organization has compiled reports showing at least 3,000 workers across 15 states have tested positive and several have died. Partita worries that social distancing is difficult out in the fields and in the dorm-style housing and the buses that transport workers to and from field sites. She says the lack of a coordinated federal response is putting workers at risk. Now we're in a situation where we don't want interruptions in our food supply. And so that means we're sacrificing individuals that are doing that work. I have a lot of concerns about all of it. Chicago-based attorney Miguel Keberline Gutierrez has spent years providing legal services to migrant workers in Illinois. The system is absolutely historically been set up to exploit people. People continue to take jobs because for a lot of them it's the only option they actually have. At least one Midwest company says it's offering paid time off for those who need to isolate or quarantine. It's also encouraging testing and providing workers with masks. But Keberline Gutierrez worries about the lack of accountability and the inability of overburdened health departments to enforce state and federal guidelines. And Mendoza, with the Central Illinois Clinic, says it takes five days to get test results, which may allow COVID-19 to spread. It's always a concern you know, that we're not doing enough, we're 
don't have enough resources or what can we do to do better? We're constantly having that conversation. So far, she's aware of at least one worker in Illinois who's tested positive. As detasseling season kicks off, she's just hoping more workers don't get sick. I'm Christine Herman, Side Effects Public Media. That story was produced by Side Effects Public Media, a news collaborative covering public health, and it was produced in partnership with the Midwest Center for Investigative Reporting. The executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio is Shula Newman. Music is by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Sarah Fenton, and from the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.